Daddy Squared. Gay Dad Saved the World. A daily dose of gay dads on the front lines of the global pandemic. With Alex McGann and Jan Dick. Oh, Alex, we just can't stay away, can we? Nope, can't do it. We're between the third and fourth season of Daddy Squared, but we had to come back with an extra. It's really, really important for us to see and to realize how amazing our community is, the Gay Dads community. Yeah, I mean, you know, you're not supposed to always think about you and your own group, but man, our group is good. Yes, because we're good. Because we're amazed. You know, Jan reached out to uh, Gay Dads and Gay Dads groups online, and the number of them that are... ER workers and, you know, nurses and teachers and essential workers of all kind is kind of mind-blowing. You're like, yeah. well, what, what the hell? So here's how it goes. Alex, do you want to tell them? Sure. Okay. So we're going to do uh, a, just a short 10-minute interview every day with somebody who is an essential worker, um, and we're going to ask them how this experience has changed their lives, changed their work, um, and just some questions about you know what it what it has become some of this stuff is really powerful and some of this stuff is really funny and we want to share it with you because these people are amazing yeah it's also important to say that it's the same questions for everybody so it's kind of like a live questionnaire for the gay essential worker dads there's a niche topic for you <laughs> uh, we're starting today Earth Day and I hope it's a symbol for the universe that we want it to end we want to heal the world already and we got sick of staying at home even though yeah, we are it's true because i can't bake another pan of you know duncan hides brownies our first interviewee is algernon cargill jr he's a pediatric er doctor from new york city we're going to hear how the pandemic changed his work and how his work affected his family we're going to call him right now but before that alex um you know one thing that i wanted to share with our audience is uh things that we think about during this time things that uh, make us feel better um, and we're going to share it every day. We're going to share one small thing. And hopefully you guys are going to share your things with us at hello at daddysqr.com. Alex, do you have something for today? Oh, you want me to go? Sure. Yeah, um, why not? Well, so one of them is this, you know, and it sounds a little mushy, but every day I went to work in Burbank, uh, Monday through Friday, and I would, you know, go to my little office building and do my thing. And what's changed now, well, everything has changed now, but one of the things that's changed is usually most days between 12 and 2, I don't schedule any meetings and any work uh, from home. And I have something that's akin to, I guess, what used to be called... Siesta. A siesta. Now, I'm not sleeping during that siesta. What I'm doing is I'm taking over from my poor beleaguered husband who has been watching the kids during the morning. Um, but I love the idea that I'm seeing my kids in the middle of the day every day, um, even though they drive me crazy. Uh, it's just an important change from going all day long without seeing them the way I've been doing for years. Yeah. Can I be a party pooper for, for once? Poop it. So I just want to say that I'm, the, I'm, I'm one of those people who don't have work. Like all of my clients basically paused their work. So right. I'm, uh, I have more time to take care of the kids, of course. But on, on the other side of it, you know, it's like you don't know what's going on, like what's going on financially. And sure. it's really, it's not easy. It's not easy live, to live like that. And I'm sure I'm not the only one. 
um, but it is, uh, you know, can bring you down. And and look, oh, I mean, because we like to talk about ourselves and our relationship on this show too, it's not lost on me that uh, work can be hard, but not work can be really hard too. Yeah. And I know that my husband is not only taking care of the kids more than me, but just the very fact that I have this occupation to go to and you don't have anywhere near as much of it right now yeah. is something that I know and I see and I'm sorry you're going through it. Um, therefore, I promise that I'll, I'll carefully edit the podcast and it's going to be perfect because I have basically <laughs> nothing else to do. All right. There were let, brownies. <laughs> let's go to the interview with Algernon and we'll hope you enjoy it. Should I turn my camera off? Yes, 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 please yeah. do, because it's, you know, okay. this is a, we do a podcast, and it, it's fortunate, because it means that while our guests are all beautiful, we we can look like crap when we record this thing. <laughs> and uh, we do. And we do, we totally do now. I haven't put on pants in a month. Um, <laughs> uh, thank you so much for doing this uh, uh, this morning. Are you in New York? Where are you? I'm in New York City. Wonderful. In Manhattan. First of all, uh, we'd like to know more about your work. What do you do and how has it changed during the pandemic? That's actually a very timely question because I am a pediatric emergency medicine for physician. Mm -hmm. And um, the pandemic has changed everything. So I, I work on the front lines. So right after the, what do you call them, first responders uh, see the patient, I'm the next person that they see. Right. Okay. And... Um, my the emergency medicine has been forever changed by COVID. Uh, many of my colleagues, especially who see the adult patients, they've really been suffering with patients coming in very, very sick mm. from COVID. Right, patients of all ages, um, particularly we worry about the ones who are the oldest with with um, other health underlying health problems. But we see young people coming in too, coming with COVID, who are coming in very sick, mm -hmm. um, but not as many. Right. And in pediatrics, our patients are coming in with milder symptoms for the most part. And um, we also have a lot of people who, because of their health anxiety, have been avoiding the emergency room. Right. So overall, our volume in the emergency room has been decreased. So okay. the way that um, I work at NYU Langone, the way that NYU Langone has responded is by increasing the ages that we see up until 30. So... Even though my training is in pediatrics and pediatric emergency, I'm now seeing 29 and 30-year-olds uh -huh. just to help out the, the adult side. Mm -hmm. uh, Do you but think, even then, uh, people are afraid to come in. Do you think, yeah, which right. Which is appropriate. Right. So you think that there are people who otherwise would have been in the emergency room who are saying, I don't want to get any anywhere near that, either because they're afraid of COVID or they're just afraid that it's going to be a loony bin in the ER. Is it, are those the well, factors? I think, I think, I think that people are afraid of, of COVID and, and there, there's reason to be afraid. Right. Because right now the emergency room is full of COVID people. So right. just yesterday, for example, I worked um, in Brooklyn mm -hmm. and uh, a pediatrician, pediatrician called and wanted to send in a 40 year old baby to the hospital for um, something minor. Uh -huh. And I told her, I said, you know what? normally I would have a problem with this and I think this is appropriate. I would accept the patient and I would definitely help see the baby, but this is just not the time. You know, 
your baby would li- the baby would literally be sitting next to someone with COVID. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. I, I if this was my child, I would not recommend that they come into emergency right now for this. Yeah. You have how to figure do, something out. How do you uh, take care of yourself? Uh, you know, because you have kids. At home, I do. So, uh, how do you manage not to to get it? I try to be safe as as much as possible. So. In medicine, we have something called um, PPE, um, which stands for protective equipment, uh, personal protective equipment. And uh, I try to be very diligent with my PPE. So mm-hmm. I cover my head. Uh, I'm bald, but I cover my head so that uh, my head isn't exposed. Um, I wear a, a mask to cover my eyes and, I, and also a mask that covers my mouth and nose. Right. And I wear a gown on top of everything just so that my clothes aren't affected. Um, and so I'm very diligent about that and just trying to keep myself uh, as safe as possible when I'm in at work. And so when and you when I come home, right, when you do you do you remove like everything before you actually leave the hospital? How does that like specifically work? I'll tell you what a lot of people do and I'll tell you what I do. So what some people do is they shower in the hospital. Uh-huh. Um and then some people even go so far as to rent a hotel room so that they can spend time away from their families so that their families don't get exposed to whatever they are exposed to in the, in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that I'm seeing enough COVID patients that I need to do that. Mm-hmm. Right. So I see. So I still come home, but I just do, I uh, disinfect everything that I'm wearing. Everything I'm wearing goes immediately into the washing machine. Right. I... Uh, take a shower <laughs> and then after I disinfect everything that I came in with all bags anything the hat I was wearing my glasses get clean I clean off my cell phone after all that's done then I started interacting with my family wow mm-hmm. wow well so actually speaking of your family can you give us a, a quick rundown of what you got and how you got it so the first thing I have is a husband. <laughs> <laughs> well, as we know, it is impossible to have children unless you are married. <laughs> so you have a husband. Yes, I have a husband. And um, my husband, initially, he wasn't too keen on having having children. Mm-hmm. But early on in our relationship, I told him, you, you know, this is something that's very important to me. And if you don't want to have children and that's not something that's a priority to you, then we just can't really be together. Mm. And, uh, he did, he did not run for the Hills. <laughs> he, <laughs> we kept dating and, uh, he decided that he wanted to, he changed his mind. And he decided he wanted to have children too. But he just said that the only person he want to have children with is me. That's good stuff. You got to admit. Yeah. So, so what'd yeah, you do? I, I married a good man. And, uh, so then we decided like, how are we going to go about this? So we looked at foster care, um, which was something he wanted to consider because he was uh, temporarily in foster care system. Uh-huh. Um, we thought about adoption and we thought about surrogacy. And in the end, we went with surrogacy just because it was important to us to have a biological connection to our child. Right. Um, and that's not because that's not the same thing negative about the other two options. I think they're both wonderful. Yeah. Um, and I think that there's definitely a place for them. But I just know that for me, I, I wanted to have a biological connection to the to our child. Did you have only one? I have one I have one child, yeah. one daughter. How old? She is fourteen months. Oh, oh my god. 
Wow. So you're in the middle of a global pandemic working in the ER and you have a baby. baby. So, I do. So is your I husband do. most of the time with her? How does it go? So I, I would say that generally I spend more time with her. Okay. Um, but that has changed because yeah. we have a nanny. That's that's our primary mode of, tra- of child care is the nanny. Right. But okay. The nanny is scared to come. Right. Um, yeah. And I get it because... Unfortunately, there have been nannies that have passed away from COVID. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so she's not coming. So my, my husband has been uh, teleworking. Mm-hmm. And uh, while he's teleworking, he somehow balances that with taking care of her if I'm at work. Yeah. Thankfully, I don't work every day as an ER doctor. Uh-huh. Um, so the days that I'm off, I am on daddy duty. Can you give us three examples of silver linings in the experience that you've had during this uh, during this pandemic? We're looking at the optimistic side, or we're trying, yeah, as much as possible. So I would yeah. say one thing that's been good. So I know you wanted to be optimistic, but <laughs> I would say one thing is I'm spending a lot of time with my husband, uh-huh. and um, that is mostly good. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we understand. <laughs> But I'm, times I'm currently strangling my husband with a microphone cable, so I got you. I'm exactly, sorry. but we've been spending a lot of time together. We've been having more conversations with each other um, and just focusing more on us and our relationship. So that, that's that been a positive mm-hmm. uh, overall. It's yeah. not always easy, but it's positive. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so that's one thing. I said the second thing is that I've been cooking a lot more. Um, and so when I be an early on a relationship, I cooked a lot. And then for whatever reason, I stopped <laughs> cooking as much. Right. And then when the nanny came around, she started cooking. And so I really stopped cooking. So now I've How just been uh, going back to our roots and oh. cooking for him and for me and trying new things. And it, it's really been a joy. That's amazing. So I would say. I've decided Uh, that I'm going to wall up the kitchen after this virus is over and I'm never going to set foot in it again. We're only going to do takeout (laughs) and restaurants. But I hear you. (laughs) What meal have you been the most ashamed of during the last week? I eat cake in the bathtub. So go, what you got? Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't, you know, I'm not much of a sweets person, believe it or not. I'm the type of person that I bring an apple and yogurt to work, and that's what I eat when I'm at work. <laughs> but lately, the apple has been going uneaten, as have the yogurt. <laughs> and it's been chips and cookies that people bring to work and, you know, stuff that I don't normally eat. I've been doing a lot of that. Right. All right. Well, listen, I'm going to tell you that it's it's not like a deep fried stick of butter that I was hoping for, but... Uh, <laughs> but What's can- the deep Fried butter. Oh, no. Actually, I'm no kidding. Is it a thing? It is actually a thing. It's one of the most disgusting things I've ever heard of in my life. But um, in Iowa, at the Iowa Fair, they have deep fried butter, um, which I, I oh have never God. eaten. But, you know, it is butter. It can't be that bad. Um, Algernon, thank, thank you, you so much for doing this with us. And, of course, thank you so much for what you do uh, all day, every day. And love to your family. Thank you so much. Okay. Take care. I appreciate it. Bye-bye. Love to your family as well. Thank you. And stay Bye. safe. You, you too. too. Bye-bye. Bye. That is clear.